Welcome to Community Combos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. Welcome once again to The Combo. My name is Dedelian, and with me in the studio today is a gentleman who hails from Mason, Michigan, my hometown, as a matter of fact. Uh, I've known him for quite a while. His name is Leon Clark. The Well, you you wear many hats, don't you? Yeah, I wear a few. <laughs> what's your what's your hats currently well currently i am on the fire department i'm uh-huh. on the mason city council i'm commander of the american legion i'm also president of the sun-dried music festival exactly and you're now would you would you consider yourself the founder were other people involved at the time or what, what, what happened yeah i'm one of the founders there was an executive director of the dda at the time in the first year mm-hmm. and uh, after that it was kind of me that of course is the reason you're here today is to talk a little bit about the sun-dried festival Take me back a little bit and help me to, to what inspired the creation, what, what got you into the process of like, you know what, we need a music festival here in Mason. Well, I was, I was on the city council and as a member of the DDA at the time, and uh, all the downtown local businesses said, we really need to have some kind of a festival in the downtown area that draws people into our downtown so they can experience everything that our downtown is with a historic setting, with a courthouse on the square and those kinds of things. Being a musician, playing Mm -hmm. in a band, I thought, well, we should have a music festival because that appeals to everybody. So we we talked about it, and uh, that's what we decided that we were going to do. The DDA director at the time wanted to do some kind of a theme kind of festival, like a Margaritaville kind of thing. I said, well, (laughs) that won't play in the long run. And they kind of hemmed and hawed back and forth. And finally, when it was getting down to a point where really didn't have time to research anymore. I just I just told him, I says, look, you're going to have to trust me and my contacts, and we'll put something out there. And we went to work on it, and uh, it's grown ever since. So really just a, an attraction to Mason was the goal here, right? Yep. Now, how long has it been since uh, then that this has been going on? Uh, subtract COVID, and it'd be 14 years. 14 years so that, that's i think most festivals don't really tend to last 10 past right. 10 i think yeah most community festivals don't last that long um and especially when they're like our event that's it's free but uh we've put together a pretty good team and we've got good community support uh not only do the businesses and and step up and sponsor we have a good working relationship with the city of mason itself who who helps us quite a bit yeah and uh so we're we're able we're able to do it. We're knock on wood able to do it for free, and we'll continue to do that as long as we can. And part of what's cool about this, and I think this is the way it's always been since its inception, is you got two stages, and you got pretty much you know one band finishes up, turns around, next band picks it up, and right. that's always been really cool. And in addition to that, a lot of different uh, styles and genres of music. Yep. If you don't like uh, what you hear on in the first hour, stick around for the second hour because there's going to be something different coming at you. And it's interesting you mentioned the second stage. Uh, originally, the way the second stage started is we set up a small stage in the middle of the street on Friday night because we were setting up. The, the festival wasn't supposed to start until Saturday. So we were setting up everything on Friday. So we, I said, well, as long as we're here, Let's give people something to do. So we hired a band and set them up in the middle of the street, and they played while we were setting up everything for Saturday. Yeah, and Saturday was the big day. Yeah. Well, then we then we came up with the idea with each band on the main stage to play an hour. Right. Then they get half an hour to transition out, which is a really quick turnaround for both the sound company and the musicians themselves. 
and that's how the second stage came into play. Yeah, that's great. But it's really cool to hear. Like it's always music. No, yep, no matter what, constant. But this year on uh, Friday, starting on Friday night, um, I, we got a really great lineup this year. At seven o'clock, uh, Bill Moran, a local guy from Dansville, will will kick off the evening, uh, followed by the Corzo Effect. Yeah, that's a great band right there. They are awesome. There's some talented musicians there. Well, then it all leads up to Jacob Moran, who is the son of Bill Moran, who was also on American Idol. Yes. And uh, so this will be his second year with us, and uh, he puts on a phenomenal show backed by by Corzo. And uh, so it's a really, really awesome show. And then uh, Saturday, we start at noon. The first band that we brought in is is kind of special for me because this is a group of kids, and the drummer in this band, his dad, his grandfather's brother, played saxophone in my band for a number of years until he passed away from pancreatic cancer. But uh, the grandfather encouraged his grandson to play mm-hmm. drums, mm-hmm. and he's been working his craft, and now, I mean, they've, they've played all over the place. They, they went with School Rock to Minnesota, I think it was, and played a week there and then they've played at the Fowlerville Fair and they're they're playing all over the place. That's so that's awesome. Gonna, that, and that's awesome and that's not only that, but that's small town connection right there. There you go. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so they're called the Fly by Night Band and they'll open up on Saturday, uh, followed by a group from Dansville called Mama Tried. They've been around for a long time, good friends of mine. From three until four, the School of Rock, the East Lansing Youth Band. These kids come out every year and thoroughly amazes at, at what they yeah. learned. Some of them we've seen the year before and, and the, the improvement that they made over the course of the year is just nothing short of phenomenal, but they always put on a good show. Always a fun time. Always yeah. a good show. Uh, 4.30 to 5.30 is a band called Those Legs. And then from 6 until 7 is a Wild Honey Collective. And 7.30 to 8.30 is Mixed Flavors. And that leads up to our headliner for Saturday night, which is a local girl. Uh, one who is near and dear to my heart because she first sang with us at the local steam show when she was 12 years old. And she's gone on to perform in uh, The Voice mm-hmm. and American Idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Rebecca Brunner. Yeah. And she now lives in Nashville and is, is honing her craft. And uh, a heck of a performer. And Always just, puts on a great show. She puts on a great show. And, and gives she, her full heart to what she's doing there. Yeah, And she's just such yeah. a great kid. Yeah, if you you know her, she's just—I mean, she's everything that that Mason embodies. Hometown kid, and then closing out Saturday night, uh, some friends of mine called the Cloud Hoppers. Cloud Hoppers, yeah, and uh, they're they're a very talented band and high energy, and uh, they'll they'll do a good job closing out tonight. Certainly been doing their thing for quite a while too. Now, of course, music isn't the only thing that's happening there. We've got all sorts of other good stuff. Give me some of the highlights. Well, we have. when we set out with this, we wanted it to be a truly a family event. So if you've ever been to Mason, we block off the entire courthouse square. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put in a beverage tent for the adults. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, there will be a cornhole tournament in there. Oh, that'll be cool. Hopefully we'll have, uh, we're shooting for 30 teams. I think you started that last year, right? Last year was the first first year we worked with Eric Stid, And uh, he's organizing it. And we were halfway to the 30-team limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always fun to watch. Still time to get in there, yep. at least as far as yep. when we're recording this. Yep, and I think the day of, you could probably show up and get right. in. If, right. if he has If it's not filled up, yeah. Yep. Um, then we have a row of down the street of uh, 
on one side of the street is just vendors, T-shirts, uh, walking sticks, just about anything you can think of. On the other side, we have some food vendors. Uh, Joe's Gizzard City, who's got national oh, Always claim. fun and good stuff, yeah. Um, the Smoke and Pig Barbecue. And that's one of my favorites right there. Yep. Yeah. Lumber Jill will be there again this year. And uh, Kona Ice. So we have that on that side of the street. And if you go on the very back side, we put in a kids area. where once again, a local company. Uh, Mike Prelznick, who is actually a, a, a elementary school principal, has a bunch of games and, and kid rides that he puts on the whole back end. And this is completely free to just kind of hang yep. out and just be there. Yep. Yeah. And Saturday morning, um, the Chamber of Commerce has uh, a craft show along the Ash Street side of the courthouse. Very cool. So this is the second year for that, and I think we're up to like 60 vendors for that this year. Okay. You got a lot of the, the normal stuff, a little bit of the, the, the music flavor. It's a nice wide variety. Anything new that's happening this year? Uh, this year we're trying, what for the first time, we're going to have a, a VIP section. Oh, okay. Which will be interesting. All right. Uh, we're partitioning off a small section of, of the of the beverage tent. And we'll have some very nice, comfortable patio furniture there. And the people that bid on this will be able to uh, be close to the stage. And they'll have their own uh, dedicated waitress so they don't have to get up and go to get their beverages and those kinds of things. So Because we'll, they are VIP. They VIP. are VIPs, yes. So uh, we're going to try that this year. All right. And uh, where would uh, people go as far as on the uh, web if they want to get the deets on this or anything like that? Sundriedfestival.com. Awesome, awesome. Why would somebody want to come on down to uh, the Sun Dried Festival if they've never been to it? Well, we, we take up the downtown. Um, there's plenty of off-street parking in the parking lots behind, the, like the Presbyterian Church and things like that. But the thing that I get from musicians the most, and I think this is, plays true for the audience, is that um, I thank every musician when, it comes off the, when they come off the stage for performing at our festival, and they look at me and say, no, thank you. Look at this backdrop. We have a professional stage company and sound company. The stage is facing the courthouse. That's what they see. If you're in the audience, you can. You don't have to go in the beverage tent if you don't mm -hmm. want to. We put a 30, 30 by 40 foot uh, tent up on Maple Street, and there's chairs under there so people can sit out of there, get under there out of the sun if they want. Or you can bring your lawn chair and sit on a courthouse lawn and just sit there and enjoy. Great. And, there's just I don't think there's I don't think there's another venue like it anywhere. Very cool. And uh, finally, you know, we didn't even hit on it. When is this happening? And when does it happen every year? Let's put it that way. This always happens the weekend before Labor Day. This year, it's the 25th, 26th, and the 27th. The other thing that we didn't mention was that on Sunday, the 27th, we turn over the stage to the local ministerial association. Oh, right, yep. And we invite all the churches and their congregations to come downtown and be a part of that community-wide church service. You don't have to be a member of any of our local churches. If you want to come and worship with us on Sunday, you're more than welcome from wherever you are. Right, um, right. It's just, once again, it's it's an opportunity to do something that you don't see or hear of, you know, in too many other places. So, Cool. Uh, anything uh, you want to mention before I well, uh, get let you go here? The one thing I have to mention is that uh, we have some very important people that uh, stand behind us on this. Uh, the title sponsor for our event is the Mason Downtown Development Authority. 
And then for the second year in a row, our community leader sponsor is Wolverine Engineers and Surveyors. And we're so appreciative of them stepping up in the last couple of years to help us out. And this year, we brought on uh, Xfinity Comcast mm-hmm. as a sponsor. Okay. Um, we have a lot of other sponsors. Our, the Daily Scoop Ice Cream Store, the the Maple Street Mall. We, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So those are the... Those are our main sponsors. Sure. And I always want to send a shout out to the sponsors. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And Leon, appreciate everything that you do in the Mason community as well as uh, throughout the Lansing area. I know it's a lot of work each and every year. Uh, I know every once in a while you're like, man, I, I don't know if I want to keep doing this, but I am so happy that you do. Well, I appreciate that. There's only seven of us that put this thing yeah. on. Yeah. And we start in January and uh, that's when we start putting the pieces together. So hats off to to those volunteers as well because they work very hard to make everything go as smoothly as it does all right once again if you want to get any information on anything that uh, we've been talking about today you can always go to sundriedfestival.com and uh, get all the deets there uh, leon clark president of the sundried committee for the sundried festival uh, with me here today appreciate you coming in and being a part of the cabo leon i appreciate the opportunity thanks You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, email us lcc-connect at lcc.edu. And thanks for joining the combo. Connecting you with Lansing Community College, this is LCC Connect. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in October to the Black Box Theater, Lansing Community College presents Isaac's Eye by Lucas Nath. This play tells the story of a young Isaac Newton exploring his dreams and longings and what drove this rural farm boy to become one of the greatest thinkers in modern science. Performances October 6th through the 14th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash showinfo. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Michigan. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. By utilizing interactive activities, the Youth Summer Camp at LCC gives kids in grades 2 through 12 the chance to explore science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Scholarship opportunities are available. Details can be found at lcc.edu slash seriousfun. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. This is Time Signatures with Jim Irvin a podcast and radio program presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. Most any contemporary musical style can trace its roots back to the blues. 
Explore the blues and its connections with captivating interviews, lively discussions, and news from the world of the blues. And now, here he is, your host, Jim Irvin. Well, thank you very much, Parker, and thank you for joining me here on Time Signatures. I'm Jim Irvin, and along with me in studio is our producer, Dedalian, and two well-known Lansing area keyboardists, Mike Scorey and Jim Alfredson, both of whom have played in one of the Capital City's longest-running blues bands, the Root Doctor Band. Now, as I mentioned, this is part three of our conversation, and you can listen to the previous installments at lccconnect.org under the Time Signatures podcast webpage. Jim, I'm going to start with you on this one. How would you, how would your previous bandmates describe you and your work ethic? Ooh, hopefully they'd say that I have a strong work ethic and that I learned the tunes on time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was in my early days probably kind of a taskmaster. Uh, going back to what Mike was saying about wrong chords and stuff, I would I would not hold back if somebody played a wrong chord. I'd be like, hey. That was wrong. This is what the chord is. And I, when I was younger, I was probably a little more passive aggressive. So I probably was kind of a jerk about it. I tried to be better about that. A little smart aleck. Yeah, a little smart aleck. Because, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think they would say that uh, I have a strong work ethic and um, I'm reliable. I always tell the younger musicians that I, I mentor, I'm like, hey, man, there's going to be players out there that are better than you. Always. My dad told me this. He's like, there's never going to be a time when you're the best, ever. There's just too many people out there doing it. And that doesn't matter. What matters is you show up on time, you're pleasant to work with, and you know the material. And, you know, I have to be honest, you know, talking to Freddie and James and some of the other people that I've talked to in the Lansing area, I've never heard, I can honestly say, out of out of anybody's mouth, a bad word about another musician. Mm-hmm. You just don't hear that. I mean, people, when you get together to jam and play and have a good time, that's exactly what happens. And and we, you work through the, the the little bumps here and there. We say that for our wives. We we tell our wives <laughs> <laughs> that guy. How about you, Mike? What was the question, Lincoln? Lincoln. <laughs> How would your previous bandmates oh. describe you and your work ethic? Yeah, that's pretty strong. I think they would probably on the negative side, they might, uh, I worry about stuff all the time. I'm always worried. So they might talk about that. Um, I don't know. I, I think so. I, I, I like to learn new songs. So I'm always, if I'm in a band and it's like, guys, are the same songs, playing the same songs. Let's learn another songs. you know. Learn another simple yeah. one if we have to. I don't know, just another one. So I always push that. Um, yeah. Okay. I keep expecting the door to open and have like some former bandmates come in. Oh yeah. And actually like tell me, Hey, this is what we This is your life. (laughs) And this is your life. (laughs) Guys, both of you have become well known. I mean, in the greater Lansing area and well beyond for your keyboard work. This is one of my favorite questions that I like to ask a musician. How do you guys balance the public life with the private. I mean, do you find that people feel like they own a part of you because you're a musician? Or? Yeah. I think when I when I came up, things were different. Your gigs were your life, your social life. Sure. 
in the era, late 70s, 80s, it was, you know, you were at the bar five nights a week and the bar was packed every night of the week. And then you knew all those, you just knew everybody. My day job has always been involved in sales one way or the other. I was going to say, you, you probably got the most recognition back when you were doing the uh, right. the, the, the car audio. audio yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is how I got to know Mike Score right, right there. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times it was the same, same. people. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to be down at the do drop in tonight? Yeah, you bet. Let's get those woofers put in for you. Okay. <laughs> you know, so literally, it was, it was like that growing, you know. But that's, that's, a, that's a really cool way of marketing. I mean. I fell into it. Yeah. I mean, it did work. It dovetailed. Um, later, I think that's what, why I, I don't feel like playing right now. I'm, what you said really early about, well, I had to miss that cause I had a gig. I had to miss that cause I had to gig. Mm. And I'm, I'm looking at now 50 years of playing and I'm thinking about, I mean, I couldn't go to my cousin's wedding or I didn't go to the, I mean, big stuff, Yeah, yeah. you know, I had to leave early f- from my sister's funeral or, or, you know, just, it was always, it was always a, a, like major events and I, so <laughs> no, I, I don't want to do it anymore. Understand, Jim. Um, believe it or not, I'm kind of an introverted person in general. Wow. So for me, it's uh, I think the having a stack of keyboards in front of me is actually like my shield. So when I come off the stage and people want to talk, it's I always have to kind of center myself. I love talking to people, especially people that are excited about the music or the organ or something like that. It's usually organ players. Hammond enthusiasts that want to talk. Um, but yeah, my, my, my public life, my private life, I, I, I try not to be different in either of them as a, like my personality. I'm probably way more serious when you first meet me. And then as we become friends, I get goofier and goofier. Um, but the balance is mainly just like trying to, uh, Trying to help people, I, I get multiple emails and texts and messages a day about Hammond stuff from people all over the world because I've worked with the Hammond Organ Company as an artist for 15, 16 years or something like that. Yeah, so, I saw that post. You were actually doing a video mm-hmm. or something for, for Hammond. Yeah, I do demos for them and stuff. And yeah. So I get people calling, you know, not calling, but like contacting me about stuff like that. When a new product is announced, they always come to me like, "What? how much is it? What does it do? Blah, 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 blah. Like, there's only so much I can say. So I try to help people as much as I can and, and talk to them as much as I can. But yeah, it's it's a little difficult sometimes because I'm, I'm kind of an introverted person. Okay. You know? How do you guys feel the internet has impacted the music industry? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Has it been somewhere in the middle? It's been both. I mean, you can't really make a living selling music anymore. You have to play live, which is kind of good. Um, at the same time, it's there's so many people making music that it's hard to make a living at it. But that's also a good thing because I'd rather have people making music than making bombs or something. You know, like more creativity is not a, ever a bad thing in my mind. More artistic expression is never a bad thing in my mind. The hard part is finding in the niche that you can make a living in and finding the avenue to get to the fans and to get above the signal to noise ratio. But in general, I think it's been a good thing because you can pretty much be your own manager, be your own booking agent, be your own everything. And there's a lot of bands that have done that, that have been very successful in the last 10, 15 years. And it seems like when I was a kid growing up, you, you know, a star would bring out a new CD like every couple of years. Yeah. 
And now it's like, you know, every six months or every four months or whatever, I mean, they get them in the box and they then they bring them out and they just keep coming and coming and coming. Well, I think the the way that things are going now, we're going away from the albums and going back to singles again, which yeah. is what they used to be when the record industry started. You had singles, mm-hmm. then you had an album of singles that was a collection, and then it turned into like these concept albums and like, a, you know, a cohesive statement was the album. Now it's getting back to like individual songs, which actually I think is a good thing. Mike? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I guess my first reaction, I don't know if it's right or wrong, it's, it's a generational thing. I think you're right, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I did what I did, and I do what I do, and it's usually, it's, it's very based on, you know, having somebody right there. And especially as I got older, it's even more, you know, if we had a piano right here and 20 people here, I'm good. I mean, that's what I do. And I'm not in the push of my career. I don't need to meet somebody from Florida. I really don't, you know. So it's it's a generational. I don't know. I think overall it's good. I mean, I don't know. How could it not be? But like Jim was saying, it's well. It seems like you we, don't make any money selling a record, or even yeah. radio play isn't radio play anymore. It's, right. Right. So you have to you have to tour in a professional state. Yeah. You know. Yep. I think that we've kind of gotten into a, a position of that instant gratification or with like the cross-generational stuff. Well, the younger generation seems like they want it now and they're not willing to wait. I don't think you can peg them like that. No? I just think it's, it's I, mean, I think they have to wait a long time. A lot of them have to do. It's just, it's just a different thing that I'm not, well, you're 20 years younger, at least 20 years younger than me. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm not explaining what I mean, but I don't, I, I don't, you know, they plug away, they put records out, they put music out, not records. They put it out and put it out. Oh, it clicks. Oh, it's on this commercial. Oh, it's on this movie. Oh, oh, they want more. Boom, 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 boom. They're writing more yeah. and more and more. Yeah. Using the internet as a promotional tool has been invaluable. I mean, you can put yeah. something up on YouTube and the next thing you know, it's goes viral. Isn't it crazy? It's great. I mean, especially if you've built up a nice following. Yeah, it's great. We didn't. Uh, like I said, the only downside to me is really just the being able to filter through the signal to noise ratio and find the really, really, really good stuff. I mean, there's more great music out there than ever before. And to get noticed. And to get noticed, yeah. yeah. To, to build up a big enough fan base that you can you can make a living at it, really. It's hard because in the jazz world, and well, in every genre, but in jazz especially, you're not only competing with your contemporaries, you're competing with people that died 30 years ago. Yes, that's, yes. Mm. You know, I'm competing with Jimmy Smith. He's been gone for 10 years as an organ player. I'm competing with Miles Davis. He's been gone for you know, yeah. 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Because those are still great records and people still want to hear that music. I understand it. But then it's like, well, my parents that came up in the 50s and 60s, they weren't, my dad as a guitar player wasn't competing with musicians that lived 50 years ago. Nobody was listening to music from 1900, right? But we're right. still listening to Led Zeppelin. We're still listening to the Beatles. We're well, still yeah, listening. more than just listening into it. I mean, I mean, look at the big, the biggest concert draws. It's the same. It's the Eagles. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's amazing. The tribute bands make, make right, and the yeah. tribute bands, and that of which I'm a part of, so I can't yeah, speak yeah. ill. That's it's really that's it seems like that's grown a lot. Like over the last, I don't know, five ten years or so. Like the tribute bands, it seems like they're coming out more and more often. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Well, it it's seems huge. like the Lansing area's got a lot of that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, all cities, all cities do. Yeah, I was just—I just saw a keyboard player down in Tampa at the Blues Festival that played with Michael Burks, who's Larry McRae's cousin, 
that's been gone for about 10, 12 years now. Great keyboard player. And he said, man, I'm in a Greg Allman, like Allman Brothers tribute down here in Florida. And he looks like Greg Allman. Wow. Hair, you know, plays organ. He's like, man, I made, you know, $24,000 in my last concert. And he's like, I rented out the hall myself, hired the musicians, oh. put up the money myself. But then we made like three times what we put in. I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what you do now with the tribute band, you know. It well, works. They understand what it's what they're going paying to see. You know, people love it. I mean, yeah. you can't go see Pink Floyd anymore. So what do you do? You go see a Pink Floyd tribute band. There you go. And why not? It's great. I mean, that's you know, in theater, they do that a lot. You know, let's revive this one. Let's revive this one. Let's what is classical music? I heard classical music described as like the greatest hits of the 1800s. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. they're still playing yeah. Beethoven and yeah. Mozart and well, Mozart's 1700s, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like the same stuff. There's not a lot of of uh, new material being premiered in classical concert halls across the country, you know, unless you're in a major city. Guys, we're in the home stretch here. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions before we wrap up. What is the single best piece of advice you've received from a fellow musician? And if you can remember who it is, who offered it to you? Um, I've got a bunch of them, but I'll, <laughs> this one, we've already touched on it from my friend, Lisa Smith. She said, Okay. Mike, if you want to work, three things. Learn the material, show up on time, dress for the gig. If you do that, you're ahead of 90% of the rest of the musicians, mm-hmm. no matter how good they are. I think we touched, that was a good piece of it. And that other one, what Fred said, don't telegraph. <laughs> that, was <a> mistake. <laughs> that was a good one. Jim? Uh, probably my father who told me, um, as we just we touched on before too, never get a big head. There's always going to be somebody out there better than you. So be humble, practice your craft, and you'll be fine. And it keeps you hungry too, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the part of that that I figured out later that he kind of implied is that as a young man and a young musician, you sometimes see somebody that's really, really good, and it deflates you. You're like, oh, I can never do that. But what it should do is inspire you. Because mm. even if you don't ever get to that level, it's something to to strive for, right? It's something to try to achieve. And that's how I think about it now is like I see people that, I see young people that can outplay me night and day, but it's inspiring to me. It doesn't bum me out. It's like, yeah, cool. I want to try to steal a little something from that. See, and I, I, I understand that perspective because I'm a photographer. And um, I started doing concert photography a couple of years ago, and I, that's actually how I got involved with the Capital Area Blues Society. And it's something that I have been told I'm a natural at, and I'm very humble about it. I'm very thankful that, that I've got the opportunity to go and do this and, mm-hmm. and shoot some of these acts, even though they're local. Um, it's also gotten me an opportunity to shoot with Larry when he's in town and some of the other uh, groups like Brother Earth that we were talking about before we started recording. Um, I just absolutely love that that in inspiration, I guess. And I always go and look at um, Ken Settle. If you know who Ken Settle is, he's a, a Detroit photographer that's been shooting since Bob was in a bar. Yeah. That's how long he's been shooting Bob Seeger. Okay. And I love looking at his pictures because he was shooting back in the film days. Yeah. I can fudge my stuff because it's all digital and right. I can do it on the fly and I don't have to wait, you know, a week to get the film back from New York. Um, so it's, it's, it's fun. And I do like to use other photographers to 
to push my creative juices, if you will, and yep. and to get better at my craft and and make something that people enjoy. But even even with that, it's like you know, using film versus using digital. Sometimes it seems like it might be easier to use the new technology, which it is. Sure. Um, but the spark and the inspiration and the talent still has to be there. And it's the same thing with this younger generation. They grew up with YouTube. They can go on YouTube and find any piece of music they want. They can find 10 people playing it. They can find 12 different lessons of how to play it. Yeah. Whereas when I was trying to learn how to play like Jimmy Smith, I had to listen to the record, slow it down, try to decode what it was going on, like try to hear through everything. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it's a totally different thing, but the the thing about it is that that drive and that inspiration and that creativity and that uh, talent still has to be there. It's still the underlying foundation. It's a great springboard for my last question, and I'll and I'm going to start with you. Okay, what is your advice for aspiring musicians? Um, I would say, getting back to what we've talked about numerous times be on time, <laughs> learn the material and dress for the gig and have a humble attitude. And of course, practice, nothing beats practice. You just have to put the hours in. There's no shortcuts. I don't care how talented you are. You're eventually going to hit a wall and you need to just keep playing and keep practicing. But attitude, learning the material, showing up on time. Those are the three most important things. Mike, how about you? I get to, to keep it on music. I I would just say keep learning songs. You learn a song, learn another one, learn another one, learn another one. You know, I mean, for somebody young, I mean, you can examine what you want. Well, you want to really learn what learn what separates this from that and study this. I think for somebody young, it's just just learn another song and try to even if you think you're not a singer, um, try to try to mimic the melody as best you can. Um, I think that I, I wish I would have done more of that when I was younger, but I didn't just, if you're not a singer, pretend you are learn that melody, hum it. If you can't, if you can't, you know, if you, it's hard to be a singer, but hum it, do whatever you got to do, whistle it to memorize the melody, then learn another one, memorize it. Yep. That's what I would tell them. Fake it till you make it. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Fake it <laughs> till you make it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you, yeah. You, There's some truth to that for sure. It's about right. learn. Yeah. I mean, my first gig, man, I, I, Oof. I remember it was with that country band like that I played with in Mason. Oh, and they're playing all these like country tunes. I didn't know these tunes, all these like classic rock tunes, Eagles tunes and stuff. I was like, man, I was listening to the, like Jimmy Smith and stuff. I wasn't listening to this stuff, but you just kind of go in and yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Make, it, make it till you make it <laughs> and you'll learn a lot. Well, Mike, Jim, it has been such an honor to sit with you guys and talk about just talk about everything related to to the music and the blues and the history that you guys have. It's, it's so much fun. And I'm one of these people, I, I mean, time signatures, of course, you understand the, 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 uh, the time signatures portion of it as far as w how it relates to music. But I think you guys have definitely put your signature on your time that you've done as musicians. And I certainly look forward to a lot more in the future from both of you, including Mr. Alfredson, <gasps> Family Business, the yes. recently re released uh, CD. Yes. So this is my first CD on a label that's not my own label. Okay. Under my own name. This is on the Positone label out of L.A. Recorded in Brooklyn, New York in 2021. 
and featuring a cast of stellar New York musicians and some local guys like Diego Rivera. Well, Diego's down in Austin now, but he was at Michigan State for years. I am really excited to give this a listen. Yeah. I, I can't, and I'm one of those people, I think, was it you that was talking about your dad's eclectic yes. music taste? Yeah. Very much the same. I yeah. got everything from big band to gospel. You'll dig it, man. Everything this is like between. classic Hammond organ jazz. I mean, it's just like, yeah. yeah. You got a Absolutely. website or anything you want to give a mention? Jamalfritson.com. And uh, if you're looking for the, the CD itself or the album downloads, just go to Positone. Okay. You'll find it. Uh, Mike? Any website you want to promote? or Retired.com. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm not pushing it. I know I got Go nothing. see him at Music Manor yeah, for crying out loud. Stop it at Music uh, Manor. Yes. Yeah. Just don't do it on a Friday because he won't be there. 3333 South Cedar. <laughs> Thank you all Thank once you. again for being here. We really enjoyed having you guys. And, uh, man, I, I'll bet we could sit here and talk for another hour, but you all need to get home. I know. We didn't get into the good stuff. Isn't that crazy? I, <laughs> I mean, there's there's possibilities coming back again. You know, we've already got. I think we, we have, have a whole segment on the weirdest places. I think oh, we have a oh. we have enough material. Ooh. I think for three episodes. So okay. there you go. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this time. We appreciate y'all being here. Make sure you uh, check us out at lccconnect.com, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on Time Signatures. This has been Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. For more information on cabs, visit capitalareablues.org. You can find this episode and past episodes at lccconnect.org. The Time Signatures theme song, Michigan Roads, is used by permission and was written by Root Doctor, featuring Freddie Cunningham. Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive. Baby, I'm Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship since 2016. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason Public School students. These selected students are chosen by the Mason Public Schools at the end of the fifth grade and then become a Mason Promise Scholarship through an induction ceremony. Over the course of the next six years, these students receive mentoring and support as well as introduction to career possibilities through the Pathway Program. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu hope. The Audio Air Force is a mid-Michigan-based nonprofit organization fronted by a group of community volunteers dedicated to the preservation of radio theater and radio history. Often, this unique theater troupe presents recreations or reimagined versions of classic radio programs that date back to the golden age of radio. Each production of the Audio Air Force is presented live on stage at venues across mid-Michigan. To listen to past productions, find out where they will be next, or to find out how to become involved, visit audioairforce.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Alexander, and I host a show called Who's That Star on LCC Connect. 
This show is all about an inside look at the LCC community where you get a chance to meet our faculty and staff, plus learn about their passion projects at work and at home. You can catch Who's That Star here on LCC Connect or listen anytime at lccconnect.org. Lansing Community College's Business and Community Institute provides businesses with customized, synergistic trainings that realize logistical opportunity. Learn more about the future of business today at lcc.edu bci. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to The Lansing. I'm Lucy Solis, and this is a program dedicated to the people of our city. I wanted to create a place for us to have authentic conversations about the inspired stories, opportunities, and resources available right here in our town. As someone who has spent a portion of my life in poverty, I was able to change my trajectory through the help and the resources available right here in our community. I am proof that when we unify, our city and its people can rise together. Well, welcome to The Land Scene. I'm Lucy, and today in the studio, we have Mike McKessick from the Mikey 23 Foundation. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, my name is Michael McKissick, as I said. Um, I'm from the Lansing area, born and raised. Started the Mikey 23 Foundation when my son Michael was murdered August 1st of 2015. And so what we try to do with um, our foundation is try to teach our youth um, how to communicate, um, not just uh, with the hammer, even though our motto is, um, instead of picking up a gun to commit gun violence, pick up a hammer and build up your community. And so we started a foundation named after my son, Michael. His, he was named after me, Michael, but we called him Mikey, and it was 23 when he, when he was murdered. So that's why it's called the Mikey 23 Foundation. Wow, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit, you mentioned the hammer. Um, tell me a little bit about that. So I'm a contractor for the city of Lansing, uh-huh. and um, what I basically do is I, I have a family construction company, which is called McKissick Construction, mm-hmm. and my son, Michael, was working for the family construction company, and he was very good at his hands. And so we, decide, we decided to start training our youth, um, not just our youth, but adults too, because we got an apprentice program too with 18 and over, and then we have a, a youth program from 9 to 16. Oh, that's wonderful. And so we, we teach them how to install windows, doors, um, siding, um, culture stone, concrete work, decks, uh, hanging cabinets, flooring, painting. And also we teach them the electrical plumbing in HVAC. So they get their hands, they get to touch every part of the aspects of a house and what it's like to remodel a house and how to build a house also. Wow. So I actually have had the opportunity to see one of the houses um, that you were working on, and I've seen the kids. So how does one, how do, you, how do you connect with the youth? How do you get them involved? So when we started, so we started the, the youth program years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've noticed about our youth, because even in my neighborhood, because I stay on the south side of Lansing, mm-hmm. one of the things I've noticed that, um, I come from an era that it takes a village to raise a child. I come from that era. Literally, I seen and, and lived when neighbors seen me doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. They put me in my place. My parents got home. They did the same thing. 
our community has gotten away from that, um, meaning that when we see kids walking in our neighborhood, we we don't say hi to them. We just go about our business. We need to get a chance to get to know them. Mm-hmm. And so these kids come from, when I started the Mikey 23 Foundation Youth Program, um, the kids came from all over, and it's about word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, we really don't advertise, so to speak, um, but it's about parents telling the next parents that my child is involved in this program, my child is involved in this program, or the kid will say, you know, I'm involved in Mikey 23 program. They have taught me X, Y, and Z. We had, last year, we had one incident that happened. I can't mention the child's name because they're underage, but one particular incident happened. Um, one child was joining, wanted to join, well, his parents wanted him to join the Mikey 23 Foundation. He didn't want to do it during the summertime. And so his mother made him. So when he started, he loved it. So today, he's one of our top-notch students. Not just that, one kid, before, prior to him coming to Mikey 23, a kid was trying to pull him into um, gang activities doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And so the kid that was trying to pull him in, the gentleman trying to do wrong, he seen what his buddy was doing in the Mikey 23 Foundation. He asked his uncle, can I join the Mikey 23 Foundation? And so he also is one of our top-notch students today. You know, he got away from that lifestyle um, doing wrong, and now he's and he actually doing good in school. And we're very proud of the both of them. So it's... um. We always say if we can breathe on the next person on a positive note, then therefore it's, it gets contagious, and then therefore they will always come to the Mikey Twenty Three Foundation. And it's, it's and it's not just about building and teaching them; it's about mentoring and and earning that trust amongst our youth. And giving them a skill, it changing is. the yep. trajectory, like you said, they were in the gang life, and yes. then you change the trajectory to know that there's more out there. That's right. After that is fantastic. That's right. So you're in the community a lot. What does community service mean to you? Giving back. Mm-hmm. So uh, my son, um, you really don't know what type of child you raise until somebody else come and tell you about your child because you see your child in the house all the time, but when they go about, you know, their daily life, you know, you don't know until somebody said, well, your child is, did this X, Y, and Z. So really good I'm, point. I'm bringing that up. It's mm-hmm. only because Michael um, helped this elderly lady out. One day he met her at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And... She was ahead of him, and she was short on money. And Michael came out of his pocket to pay the balance of it. And them two became friends. But Michael never came back home and told his mother. Now, he never said, Mom, look what I did. So every two weeks, he was bringing her grocery. He found out what she liked and never charged her. So shortly after his, about a week or so after his uh, funeral, the lady found my wife and I and said, you know, um, she came over to her house and one of her grandkids brought her over to the house and said, listen, thank you for your, thank you for your son. This is what he did for me. And Michael never came home to did that. So community service, uh, what we have done to the Mikey 23 Foundation, giving back, right? So we know that certain elder, elderlies need help in their homes. They're staying in their homes, right? And they can't afford the minor repairs, doors, windows, and paint and things of that nature, or even more in the grass or even snow removal. So what we have started in the Mikey 23 Foundation, we have started a program that we're, especially this Fox is coming up, we're, we're teaching them how to give back, even though we paid them um, to learn a trade. 
But that particular weekend, they have to get back. They don't get paid. So we're starting a program of helping elderlies that can't afford to do minor repairs in their homes. So it will be actually next month when the kids will start for our program. And we have an elderly, uh, dis- uh, she's, dis- she's dis- disabled, mm-hmm. and she- we will be working on her house. And this will be our first time. So I told the parents that this is the, one of the criteria of signing up for Mikey 23 that we have to learn how to give back um, to our to our community and this is part of community service yeah kind of yeah. like your son kind of started that trend yeah, on did. that right that that's so wonderful that had to just make yeah. your heart feel yeah, oh my gosh it made my heart beat when I yeah. heard that yeah. um, so with the kids I'm thinking of the kids when I'm out in the community because I do a lot of community work how do we get the message to kids that want to be involved in something like this so what you want to do, um, we go we go speak to churches also too. Um, then we go to the Islamic centers, and then you know we're trying to get out to the, all the other communities. And a lot of kids, they knew they may not want to attend college, right? right. Which is fine, mm-hmm. you know. I got a college degree in computer science, which is Cobalt Pesco RPG, which is old ancient language that nobody even heard of. Um, but I learn I love to work with my hands, and certain mm-hmm. kids may want to work with their hands and they can make a good living out of it. And mm-hmm. some of them can make a good living out of it more so than individuals has um, have a college degree. And therefore, getting into trades is a very positive thing because you get into trades or an apprentice program, you don't have to pay for none of that. You don't have no debt. You get paid to get trained. And so therefore, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the, the kids the parents that doesn't have to come out of pocket to pay a college mm-hmm. fee and things mm-hmm. of this nature. So in order to get the word out for these youth, um, it's always about what we're doing now, talking about it now, mm-hmm. um, through this podcast and letting them know that this program is available if your child wants to get involved. And I'm talking about from young ladies into, into young men. And we also, this is our first year, we're teaming up with Lansing Promise also too. And what that basically looks like is that um, the kids that wants to have um, go to school, work the work study experience, they can go half day at school and then come for the rest of the day, remaining time and come with the Mikey 23 Foundation. So we have three students signed up already this fall. So um, matter of fact, one just yesterday, and her name is Elise, and um, she's um, and she's and she's very, I'm mean, very smart, you know, very smart, and um, and she speaks three different languages too. So it kind of blew my mind that she does that. But anyway, and so this is our way of um, spreading the word out and we also we attended Lansing Lansing Eastern invited us prior to school starting to to present our program to the students and that's where we met um, her from that particular um, event right there so these are about one of the ways of trying to reach out to our students that's so awesome so it's co-ed yes, which it is. is very it, very it is. awesome it is so let me ask you a question so once they get into the what's the age First of all, they start off from nine years old. Or, um, well, so there's two programs. Well, okay. there's three different programs total. Okay. You have the apprentice program, which is 18 and up. They have to have a GED and um, 18 and up. Okay. They can get an apprentice program. Okay. Um, and then they have the youth program. The youth program is um, generally during the summertime. We had them on two days a week. But now that the school has started, we're we only having them on weekends, which is on Saturdays. Um, but however, we have which that 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 age group is from nine to sixteen. Okay. okay. But the high schools on the ones that have work experience, they can only be in high school because of the works in Monday through Friday. They only can um, attend that from their ages as far as that, which is a high school is from that in that regards. So once, so if you're in the nine to sixteen program, once you're done with that, do they go to the 
18 and up one? That's, that's up to them. Is that's up, up to is them. Is that like a continuation yeah, from the first is. program? It okay. is. So what is, so we have summer, we have all four season program, which is summer, fall, winter, and spring, all four seasons that we go through. Um, and this way it gets, so like we have um, uh, 10 students now mm-hmm. that has been with us ever since the beginning of last year. And so they, they have learned how to framing, um, siding, um, HVAC. Now we're in the process of learning them, uh, teaching them uh, electrical and plumbing. And so the new, the new students that will come in will start from the beginning because we have to learn safety, right? Because the most important thing in construction is safety. So we teach them the safety parts of, of construction. And then the next aspect is um, how to run power tools. Right. And then the next thing, how to use a measuring tape. Right. You got to know how to use a measuring tape because you cut all, all, all the lumber. If I give you a number, you know, because lumber is expensive these days. Yes, and so is. we teach them all the basic. Then they advance to the other programs that we have. And then once they finish all three programs, do they get a certificate. They do. They do. know. So when they complete, like we just had the summer, the spring program, mm-hmm. and that was installing windows. And so they got a certificate on how to professionally install the window. Everybody said they can install the window, but I don't know if anybody's out there listening. So if you're ever in the wintertime, you're sitting by a window, you feel that breeze come through the, uh, by the window, that's because it wasn't insulated around and it wasn't installed correctly. Um, and so therefore we teach them the correct way and how to install windows. Oh, so mine weren't. That's why I put the tape, the <laughs> yeah. plastic around mine <laughs> in the winter time. So that's awesome. So then, and then you work with the Lansing Promise, which is phenomenal because yes. I've done a lot of work with yes. Justin, who's awesome. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So then, with the Lansing Promise, does that help them get into a program after high school? Yes. Yeah, so, like if they want to go so to like exactly. LCC yeah. or to. Or to our apprentice or your, program, oh, to our apprentice apprentice program okay. also. They okay. can go to LCC also, too, but they can get off into um, our apprentice program if they move, they want to move forward okay. with that because this is what they do. Ours is like 3,000 hours, 3,500 hours that they got to complete in order to get their okay. apprentice in, into our program. And this way, it's a, it's a win-win. And it's a win-win for the whole community, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, like Mikey 23, we literally take houses, you know, that and all the houses that we have worked on since we started Mikey 23, all of them was on the demo list. I mean, that means that the city had them on the list and they was getting ready to tear them down because it was too much money or nobody wanted them and it was gonna they're gonna be torn down. So we came, um, Mikey 23, uh, come to a neighborhood like right we work working on now in Rundle. Um, we come through there and and and, and take a house that it's an eyesore mm-hmm. and and make it so beautiful that the, the the whole neighbors is really thankful that that we're coming through to do that and they they're very helpful the neighbors are very helpful they they bring drinks and chips and and they even take pictures of themselves uh-huh. or the kids so we really appreciate so they're that thankful that you're they fixing are. up that they house are. and they I are. think that's the house I it is I visited it yeah, is it is one, yeah. and it is we are um, we are almost done with the outside because we're trying to get everything enclosed on the outside so that we can really start working on the inside when the weather gets um, when the weather gets cold. So next week we'll be uh, learning how to pour concrete driveway. And so, oh, nice. yeah, so they're going to learn how to finish concrete. And um, and can we teach them all those trades? I mean, literally everything that has to do with construction. You know, we le- we give them so they can put their hands on each. And then we teach them how to run a, a skid loader, which is a, is a name for the bobcat or or some some machine like that. We teach them how to uh, use that. We taught them. Tell me about a bobcat. What is a bobcat? Well, it's a skid loader. <laughs> a skid loader basically is like a um, uh, a backhoe. You know, if you've seen. Um, so we driving around the city of Lansing, right? right? So we have so many rows that tore up, right? 
So we, you see them yellow machines out there? Yes. That they're using? Yeah. Those, they have different names. I mean, you have, uh, you have a front-end loader, and then you have a, a skid loader, and then you have a bobcat. So they have all three of those machines. When you, you're going around the city of Lansing, and on, yellow, on big yellow machines, that's what those are. And that's what you're teaching the and kids that's, that's what that's we teach. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We, taught, we taught eight of them last year mm-hmm. and how to run a skid loader. And that's a smaller version of the big machines that they got out there. So that's a smaller version. So just let your parents know out there we are, it's all about safety. So we make sure that this, 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 we teach them about safety also too. Speaking of safety, um, so do they take some type of safety class prior to this? So again, everything's about um, safety, safety, safety. You know, we teach them about what would happen if this happens in you in a, in a construction site. You step on a nail, um, anything like that. So we make sure. So we have the liability insurance also too, the Mikey Twenty Three. But we make sure that the parents have the medical insurance too. So the, we want to cover both aspects of it. And so we teach them that why, if you see a nail that's in a board that's sticking up, um, mm-hmm. we teach them that turn it over or bend it over so that the next person may not see it. Right. Uh, we teach them to make sure you clean up your area first. You make sure your area is cleaned up because when you're stepping over something, you may in- accidentally trip on that and we want to teach them that when you when you're running power equipment or any any equipment like that make sure you have safety glasses on because it's easy you can put your eye out Mm -hmm. Uh, we teach them we give them we we provide them all the boots the safety gear the say you know all the tools and things that we provide everything for them to 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 have to make sure they're safe and make sure that they're doing the job properly and that's all part of the program you provide all that because that's that's probably means a lot to a lot of parents that's part of it yeah so there's no cost to the parents that's phenomenal and we feed them too oh that's good (laughs) (laughs) so if the community wanted to support the mikey 23 foundation how would they do that a lot of a lot of parents and a lot of community people ask that question Mm -hmm. and um it ain't necessarily monetary to bring money sometimes it can be bringing lunch all right. Um, some people bring cookies and sweets and things of that nature. Um, you can, you know, certain things if you think a child needs, um, if you want to say, well, I want to go to um, a place to buy them some boots or buy some gloves or buy a hat or buy a jacket and, and things of that nature. You don't necessarily have to say, well, I'm going to give you money to go purchase. I mean, you can go get them yourself. Um, so, but if you want to do monetary, you know, it's real simple. Um, you can log on to Mikey23Foundation.org and you can donate from that. And we, we are at 501 and we're tax exempt so that you can have that written off on your taxes if, if someone chooses to want to do it that way. Or you can, and you, or you can just volunteer, right? You can mm-hmm. come in, parents can come or, or anyone can just come and volunteer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the last question I have for you is, can you repeat the website again if people want to get more information on yes, that? Yes, uh, that's M-I-K-E-Y, the number 23foundation.org. That's Mikey23foundation.org. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this information on your foundation. We really, really appreciate all you do for the community. Seriously, it's, it's so wonderful well, to see you. the kids. I've personally seen them, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of Lansing. All right, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to The Land Scene. Music for The Land Scene provided by Joystack. For more information, go to joystack.org. To listen to this episode and others on demand, visit lccconnect.org. If you have a story to share or would like to be a guest on the show, let me know. I'm Lucy, 
and thanks once again, Capital City. It means so much to me to have the support of our community. Remember, when unified, our city and its people can rise together. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.